1: Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Helen. And I'm Janet. Last week on March 16th, eight people were killed when a 21-year-old white man opened fire in three separate Atlanta-area massage businesses. Six of the victims were of Asian descent, seven of the victims were women, as of today, march eighteenth, the date we are recording this podcast, the names of the known victims include Telena Ashiyan, Paul Andre Michaels, Xiao Jie Tan, Tao Yu Feng, Julie Park, Hyunjong Park, with two more names to be released.
2: This comes at a time of increased violence against our Asian and Asian-American communities. According to data collected by Stop AAPI Hate, there have been nearly 3,800 reports of anti-Asian hate incidents, which include shunning, slurs, and physical attacks between March of last year and February of this year. And a disproportionate 68% of these attacks have been directed at women. Here at Asian Boss Girl, we've created a space out of necessity for Asian women to feel safe, for us to be seen, heard, and proud. The world has yet to catch up with
0: providing this safe haven for us as Asian women in this country. To our Asian community, please allow yourself the time and the space to grieve. We're all frightened, shocked, and outraged, and we are not going to sit back and allow this type of hate to continue in our community. We are going to keep doing our work of humanizing and showcasing Asian women in the beauty of our nuances, in our joys, our sorrows, in our hopes, and our dreams. To our beautiful community of Asian women out there, and all the support of ABBs, please keep your head up. We're here with you, we see you, and we love you all. March is Women's History Month, and you've probably seen a lot of information in the media this month celebrating and
1: featuring amazing women in history. Today, we wanna take some time to recognize and talk about women who inspire us, who move us, and serve as motivation for us, women we think are beautiful, however we define beauty, women who challenge us, and women who make us feel proud to identify as women.
2: And we also want to talk a little bit about our personal experiences with our womanhood, what being a woman today means to each of us personally. Happy Women's History Month, ladies!
1: Happy Women's History Month! Yes.
2: We've seen a lot of information over the past month showcasing amazing women. Um, Who are some women that you ladies
0: find particularly admirable? Yes, so I will mention my first two first, uh, Michelle Obama and Brene Brown. These two women hold a special place in my heart. Uh, I fell in love with Michelle initially because of the example she set as a first lady, Mm -hmm. but fell more deeply in love with her after reading her book, Becoming, and getting to really understand her life story, starting with her humble beginnings, growing up in the South Side of Chicago. Um, And Brene Brown, because when I was in the height of my therapy, my therapist quoted a lot of her TED Talks and books, and I really learned to let my walls down through her messages um, about the power of vulnerability, which does not come easy for me. Mm. Um, And I think one constant that is very clear amongst these two women is that they hold the qualities of strength, not only in the physical sense, but like the mental, deep, vulnerable sense. They're both women who are so confident about who they are and what they can contribute to the world. And they're women who don't try to fit into the mold of what society has sort of deemed appropriate for them. Um, And they do speak up against, you know, the systems that oppress them in their own way. And they don't shy away from embracing their femininity either, which is like so, so welcome. And I see that as such a strength. So definitely those two women, they've been, they've made a huge impact in my personal life. And the third person or persons that uh, I want to give a shout out to are all the Asian women, like, Lisa Ling, Amanda Nguyen, Michelle Kim, and the the Asian Female Founded and Operated Organizations like AAPI Women Lead, Hate as a Virus, who are doing the work right now to speak up about anti-Asian hate crimes and doing the work for long-term restorative justice. I think activism is still new for the Asian masses. Of course, we've had uh, Asian activism from college campuses, the sit-ins at Berkeley and at San Francisco State University protesting the absence of Asian American experiences from the university's curriculum, and activists who showed up after the 1982 murder of Vincent Chin. But if you talk to the older generation who experienced these events, I think the level of activism that we're seeing now is unheard of and new and very much welcome. And I think we're seeing real leaders in the Asian community start to form. And we are making history as examples for future generations to look up to. So for all the Asian women who are speaking out and doing the work, I praise you for your courage, your vulnerability, the newness of all of this, and the active voice that you are choosing to have to make real progress for us in this country. Um, And I definitely admire you all very much. And I want to thank you for your work.
1: Those are incredible women you just listed. And I feel very moved about your, your last statement with, you know, acknowledging all the women that are really doing the hard work mm-hmm. um, and being such good examples for us as we navigate this kind of um, unstable political climate that mm-hmm. we're in. Whew. Today I feel a little bit more emotional talking about you know, the women in our lives. Um, I'll be honest, it was hard for me to pinpoint a specific woman because I realized I admire different aspects of different women in my life. And most of these women are my friends or family or someone that I know personally. I, I, I'm someone that just tends to be more influenced or inspired by people that I know versus like maybe, um, like influential people in media, mm-hmm um the first person that comes to mind is you guys both know her is sally lee Mm. she is one of my college roommates and one of the smartest and most ambitious people i know um not only was she a straight a student but she's also like on a friendship level she's super fun and chill to be around it's very carefree when i'm around her she's very special to me because i saw her grow in college to become this like strong woman Um, I saw her, you know, pursue law in college. She'd studied immigration law. She's really big on like pro bono work and representing for the Vietnamese refugees. And so I saw her start there and now she's doing employment law and also doing nonprofit stuff on the side, or she really cares about the stuff that's going on for a community. And, um, another thing about Sally is that she's just like a really good friend, um, She's super consistent in wanting to maintain this friendship. Um, I actually sent my description of this to her this morning. She goes, "Lol, you seem consistent of being a friend." I'm like, "Yeah, like I appreciate how active you are in our friendship. Like that's hard to come by when you're older. Like you have remained someone that I've talked to for over 10 years now, and that kind of friendship I really appreciate, and really place a high value on. Especially as someone that really values my friendship, and you know, as Helen, you're talking about the women who are paving the way in with, with social justice right now I think Sally's someone that's really personal for me because as I was developing my relationship with it Sally is someone that already kind of developed that voice early on in college and I saw her take action be very vocal about politics and stuff and she's been super patient with me that someone within the political space where I feel very new to mm. she's the one that told me you know advocacy work and av- your political voice is something so intimate that it's okay like you've got to take your time and She's been so supportive with that. I'm like, that is a strong Asian woman there. And I I really admire her as a friend. The second person is kind of a, just like, it's maybe on, it's more on like a personal skill level that I I really admire is um, Leah Yu from Crave. Mm. Um, I was really impacted by our conversation with her and Helen and I did grab breakfast with her. And just hearing her be so vulnerable as a founder and voicing what she's good at and what she needs work on, it really showcased her awareness of herself and that I really admire. And, I really admire, I really look up to Leah's like professionalism. She's super well-spoken and really kind. And I feel like I'm a little bit opposite of that. Like I'm pretty, I'm kind, you know, but um, the way Leah carries herself in a way, I'm just like, wow, I, like, it's really graceful. And I'm someone that I really want to work on the way I present myself and just the way I speak. I'm like, oh, I really, I really admire how Leah, you know, speaks and how she is as a founder. And she's running a, a successful business like Crave. And as I think about ABG and as we grow, I'm like, oh, I do, I do want to embody someone like Leah as we continue to grow. Mm-hmm. The last person um, is very personal, and I might get emotional because given everything that's going on. Um, I want to shout out my mom. I love how my mom is very present with me and how she invested, so invested she is in my life. in Asian boss girl, she is an Asian boss mom and. There's a lot of things that she does that I really admire. That I I guess you know, as a daughter, you just kind of forget because you're like, oh, mom, you're nagging me or all this stuff. But I was sitting back and thinking about what about my mom that I learned from her actions. And my mom is actually extremely giving to her coworkers and friends. She's spending. She always spends extra hours to make sure that her her manager's family is taken care of. Like whether it's doing a dinner or going to the hospital to um, give dinner or send a gift to her like director's mom. She's always there. Mm. And my mom has has actually has a very strong community background too she used to be a city ambassador and would volunteer on the weekends and during tax season she goes in and helps translate for mandarin speakers so they could seamlessly get their taxes done and I, I think on top of that like as a mom as a woman she makes sure there's food on the table every night for her family so she does that on top of volunteering and making sure she's there for the community so i really want to shout out my mom to being a, maybe one of my first examples of what a community leader is as a female as an asian female so yeah those are my three um i love you mom oh yeah. yeah shout out to mama chang she is she is an amazing
2: woman and all uh three of us can attest to that because we've been to mel's home and she's always accepted us so lovingly and she always supports us i'm pretty sure she's listening right now so <laughs> thank you for giving us mel mel <laughs> Those were amazing lists, and I'm going to add a couple of women to our list of of, of women so far. Um, I liked how you both introduced kind of based on some sort of theme that you're drawn to in the women, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, When I looked at my list, I see that the first two women, I think the thing that they have in common is they are both kind of a little bit alternative or have been... Uh, facing situations where they were kind of seen as an outsider Um, and not just for being a woman but for other aspects of their being Uh, so the first person is Kristen kish Mm. i don't know if you guys have heard about her but she's a korean-born american chef um, best known for winning season 10 of top chef Um, and she also hosts a couple of tv shows she's published and co-authored books um, and now she's a chef of her own restaurant arlo gray in austin texas Um, and I find her really admirable because first of all, she is a woman in a very, um, harsh and male dominated world of restauranteurs. Mm. Um, but more so I just really, there's something about her style that is very easy, very, like very easy, very, this is who I am. I don't take a lot of shit, but I'm also not going to be abrasive about it. Um, and just, she's she has kind of a minimalness to her style and she actually said I think on an interview that the cornerstones of what she goes by are comfort and efficiency and I think that's those are just like qualities that I really resonate with Mm -hmm. um and yeah I kind of just love that she exudes a little bit of this like I don't give a fuck attitude Mm -hmm. um not only in her career but also in her life uh she's adopted and she also um you know her partner is a woman so just in all these ways in society she's kind of known what it is to kind of feel othered mm. um the second person is megan markle mm. a former actress and duchess of sussex i think she still formally holds that title just they don't use it anymore um so reasons why i found her admirable i think you know as her in terms of her career as an actress um she didn't she didn't like just come kind of come up out of nowhere she really hustled to build a successful acting career and in fact she didn't get to the level of being like super like kim kardashian type fame right but You know, instead she was like on a very legit show and then just a very consistent character and so there's something about that just like a consistent hard worker Mm -hmm. that that kind of earned um a very stable level of success that i find quite admirable uh not only that though she has a strong passion for humanity and human rights she's very involved with charity work and advocacy and has been for a long time in fact she's an advocate for women through the united nations entity for gender equality and the empowerment of women um and then recently her and her husband harry uh you know, Prince Harry, they started Archwell Inc., which is an American public organization that focuses on nonprofit work and creative media ventures. So I'm like, wow, that's like really cool work that, you know, I, I find to be amazing. Um, and as, I think also in some respects, just being a single female, her story, her marriage is a little bit has like a fairy tale component to it where it's like, you know, you're introduced through friends and they got to know each other and then she married a prince. So maybe there's some part of me that just kind mm. of is. Uh, finds that to be incredibly charming and I know you know for those of us who watch like the Oprah interview it's not always what you think it is but um, but some aspect of that about her life I find to be very interesting Mm -hmm. Um, and and mentioning her husband Harry I think there is something about them that feels like a power couple in a very specific dynamic that I really admire um, because they come from such incredibly different backgrounds right not Mm -hmm. just ethnically but like country-wise, internationally, they were raised in, Mm -hmm. in, you know, uh, Britain versus the US. Um, So just... For all of those reasons, I find her to be interesting and someone that I'm going to watch for a while in this mm-hmm. lifetime. The last person that I have is, um, you know, along the, the same lines of recognizing all of uh, all of the hate crimes that have been happening against um, Asian people and specifically against Asian women. Um, I listed Amanda Nguyen, who is a social entrepreneur and civil rights activist and also the CEO and founder of RISE, which is a a non-governmental civil rights organization. Um so for anyone who maybe hasn't heard of her, she in terms of her like advocacy work, she was raped in college uh, in her pursuit For help and justice from our social and legal systems, she was not only let down, but kind of like re-traumatized from that experience. And she took this really painful experience, identified that the system was broken, and basically decided to do something about it by creating RISE, um, which is the organization aimed to protect the civil rights of sexual assault and rape survivors. Um, And she also has helped draft legislation around these issues. And I think that the example of someone who has been you know, in life experienced something that is so tragic and harsh and took that and made it into something so beautiful (laughs)
1: um, Mm -hmm. and
2: kind of like, you know, took the power back, I think in Mm -hmm. some senses in that way. I I think that's incredible. Um, And she came to mind as always someone who's admirable, but I think particularly in these times as we're dealing with all of the hate crimes, I just think that she is someone who is uh, an amazing person to look up to and to
0: follow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that, Jay. Those yeah. are great mm-hmm. three women. I could see the consistency between the three, two where these people have dealt with either struggles like identity or just, you know, marrying into a situation that is difficult for them yeah. or, yes, traumatic experiences, and they're using their voice to do something about it. Um, and that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah.
1: Have you ever had this problem? You go to the store and are overwhelmed by the number of options to choose from. You can't see it, but I'm raising my hand right now. Whether it's selecting what soup I want, to which cleaning spray to buy, I feel like I'm always met with too many options. Luckily, I found Public Goods. Public Goods is a one-stop shop for sustainable goods providing high quality and affordable everyday essentials. As a marketing head at ABG, I have to give a shout out to the branding and packaging of Public Goods. Their products are not just unique and environmentally friendly, but they also do an incredible job of making each product beautiful. I really love how they only make one of every essential, so there's no need for one household to buy multiples of an item, like shampoo. They believe in fewer things, more quality, and less clutter in your house. Public Goods wants to build one simple space where sustainable everyday options are minimal, straightforward, and accessible. They believe, collectively, that our small choices have a significant impact, and their mission is to make everyone proud of their role in creating a healthier world you can do your part and get 15% off your first purchase at checkout with the code ABG15. Again, that's 15% off with the code ABG15 at publicgoods.com. Happy shopping. All right, y'all,
0: let's talk about hair. One size fits all is not a phrase that should describe your beauty routine or your hair care. Each of us is unique and whether you have dry, frizzy hair, curly hair, colored hair, or all of the above, function of beauty is hair care that's formulated specifically for you. Here's how it works. First, you take a quick but thorough quiz, and tell them a little bit about your hair. Next, Function of Beauty's team determines the right blend of ingredients for your hair. And they'll bottle your formula and deliver it right to your door in a customized bottle, mixed in your favorite scent and color. I had to run to my shower earlier to check which one I got, because I am loving the shampoo and conditioner. Mine is a light eucalyptus scent in a jade color, and I can feel the mintiness on my scalp, which is so nice. Never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com ABG to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com ABG to let them know that we sent you and to get 20% off your order. functionofbeauty.com ABG.
1: Hi everyone, it's Mel and I want to remind you that we have a live weekly show on the Stereo app. Thank you so much for the people who have been tuning in to our episodes. We love listening to the live messages from you and hearing your comments on the different topics. Last week, Helen and I were able to hold space and share our feelings on the anti-Asian hate crimes going on and process that what we've been feeling. We really appreciate the messages you sent in sharing how you feel about everything. It truly felt like a safe space. So if you're interested in tuning in, check out the notes in the description of this podcast episode, or check out our link tree in our Instagram bio. We have this week's scheduled to show a link out and ready to go. And yes, Stereo is free for those of you who haven't downloaded it yet. This week it's Helen and Janet's turn, in to hear my girls catch up and talk through first impressions. We've been looking for ways to connect with you all more, and we're very excited to try this out. Through Stereo, you'll be able to join us for real conversations in real time. And this app allows podcast creators like us to build an even more intimate relation with our listeners by engaging y'all in direct conversations. Again, check out the link in the description of this episode's show notes or the link in our Instagram bio. We Can't wait to see you every week on the Stereo app.
0: Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, If. only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news,
0: Well, when you think about the great women in your life, friends and family, what is one or more trait that they all share?
1: Ooh, that's really tough. Um, The thing that I thought about instantly, you know, when I thought about actually like the people I admire and like the girlfriends in my life, it's like their generous nature is what just comes up for me. Like, I think I like to surround myself with very giving and nurturing people Mm -hmm. um, because, and they, they give without expecting much in return. Like, none of my girlfriends, none of my, like, the people, oh, I don't actually know the people. Well, I do know the people I admire. But to the people I admire, they always give without expecting things return. So I just really mm. admire that trait. Mm. And um, as a friend and as a female in their life, I also want to just give even more to them. Mm. Um, so generosity is, I guess, the trait I see. Mm. How about you both?
2: Um, for me, when I think about the women in my life, like my friends and my family, Um, I think about how they share this trait of compassion. Um, And I was pretty specific about like thinking... Because I was like, oh, I think they're really empathetic. Like they really know how to understand... Because that's a Mm -hmm. a, a trait that a lot of people say that women tend to have over men, right? An ability to really, like, feel and empathize with people. But compassion is not just feeling something for... Or not just being able to, like, feel what other people are feeling, but to feel moved to do something about it. Mm. And that's... When I look at my friends and and my family, a lot of the women, they don't just feel, but they actively, like, do something and and want to either help someone or or defend them in some way. So they're moved to action. So I would say compassion is a Mm. trait that I think... I, I notice in the great women in my life.
0: Mm, I like that distinction actually between yeah. empathy and compassion. Yeah. Um, I would say the same actually as Janet too, and, and you too, Mel. Of compassion, generosity, empathy. Um, I think when I was in the workplace, working corporate, I just lacked so much of all of those traits. These are traits that I noticed amongst mm. a lot of particularly the strong the strong women and the great women in my life. Um, and I do feel very lucky to be able to work with strong, empathetic, compassionate, <laughs> generous ladies. <laughs> my life now, you know, you two ladies, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I think this level of care and compassion from women, it, it comes from like a deep place rather than care that is sort of shown on the surface level. And I think my theory is that it's because for women, this comes from a place of pain, suppression, mm. silence, and a deep understanding to be able to care for others at the level that they'd also like to receive it. Mm. So I think because of that, women are going to be naturally more compassionate and empathetic, um, than men. Mm. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's coming from a
2: place of like, um, uh, when you know what it's like to be on that other side. Right. Mm-hmm. And so,
1: so you have an extra need to like give. Mm-hmm. Into, yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate pain brings us together, but it's mm. true. Like, I think about like pregnancy, like women go through pregnancy, that's something that connects us all. That's like, mm. it's a, it's a shared experience that we go through separately, but we understand that usually the mm. mothers do, mm-hmm. but, um, so, maybe it is the like the shared understanding of
2: pain and suffering that yeah. that brings a level of compassion that's unique to our mm-hmm. gender,
1: yeah, you know we are all women here. Um, what about being women? do you love the most?
2: So I think this kind of ties to when I mentioned the the common traits that the women that I admire have is kind of being a little being in situations in multiple ways in their life where they were kind of othered or. The minority, not just ethnically, but in, in some format, right, and I think that i've become really moved by this concept of the underdog mm. um, and I think that we're in a place in our current history where we're more boldly recognizing that a lot of our social systems are constructed for white men, right, and so um, being both non white and non male kind of um, make me feel like a double underdog mm-hmm. I think in some ways mm-hmm. and I think I've just become so accustomed to the idea of being different as being unique and a good thing and a positive thing um and it's not even necessarily like I'm trying to prove you wrong mm-hmm. but just that um I think that a little bit of that struggle breeds a lot of grit how about you Helen
0: my ass
1: just kidding you have a really nice ass I was I'm
0: looking at it <laughs> sorry I was just kidding um but yeah, I love being a woman in my body, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I think very similar to you, Janet, like having that soft power.
1: Mm. Um,
0: I think I'm also someone who who kind of likes when people doubt me, whether it's mm. because I'm a female or a minority or, you know, a double minority. Um, and to quote Steph Curry, because he said something similar to this, Sujay, he said it best when he said, um, I have a lot to accomplish, but nothing left to prove. Mm. And I do genuinely feel that I think that feeling of being somewhat of an underdog lights a fire under my ass Mm. less so because I want to prove my worth to someone and more so because as a woman there's so much more I know I need to accomplish Mm. so there is something to being that underdog and knowing that there's just more road to travel (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good, that is a good analogy. There's more road to travel than a man's world road. road. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say world road. Um, I also like that I can be feminine in my demeanor, yet still powerful in how I hold myself. And I think that juxtaposition is even more powerful to me than a man doing the same,
1: to be mm-hmm. honest. I like that statement, Helen. Um, it kind of leads to my first one, but you just said it really eloquently. Um I think for me, what I love most about being a woman is, like, I love how strong we are and the ability to maintain grace while managing everything at the mm-hmm. same time. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much on our plates as women. Like, there's just a lot, I, I feel, um, just seeing the women around me. But just to see, like, when I watched, like, M- Michelle Obama speak, and I was like, damn, you're so graceful, but you're so strong. It's like mm-hmm. this grace and strength that they possess. It's like this. Do you say soft power or quiet power? Soft, soft power. The soft power, power. Yeah. Like, that's something I'm like, wow, that that is something that's really amazing about being women um another thing for me is like the connection we bear as mothers to our children i just see this i understand like there's definitely unconditional love from parents to your child but i think a father's love and mother's love is kind of different they're other love but they're different ways right and i just seeing a lot of my friends become mothers and seeing their connection i'm just like there's something there that i that i'm excited for when i have kids Mm -hmm. whether it's you know so i think there's there's that and Mm -hmm. as a woman you have a certain connection with your child um the last thing i wrote is i think as human beings or creatures i think the the women the body is beautiful like from our curves to our female parts i think there's something about it that makes it very we're unique and we're beautiful in that way
2: the female figure exactly
1: so i acknowledge that for sure for sure
2: so what about being a woman though do you ladies dislike the most. <laughs> all right, let's
0: get into it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. It's not all. It's not all positives, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think for me personally, I don't like the feeling of fear. Just for some context, we have a running outline for these podcast episodes, and I had thought about this answer already prior to the shootings in Atlanta, and this was going to be my answer regardless. Um, I don't like the feeling of living in fear. But now that I think about this answer, it is like a hundred folds more real and more heightened because of these events. Mm. Um, and instead of saying, you know, I'm afraid to leave my house sometimes, I am afraid to leave my house, full stop. Even walking over to Janet's today, I was like, okay, I'm on edge. You know, mm. I gotta make sure. And I told mm. Philip, I was like, I'm leaving the house. Am I gonna be okay? And he's yeah. like, You're gonna be okay. I was like, You promised? Yeah, oh. <laughs> promise that. But he's like, Yeah, I promised. You're going down the street. <laughs> <laughs> But I think like, especially living in downtown LA where it is heavily populated to just walk down the sidewalk to get coffee or walk down even further, get groceries. This isn't a hyperbole when we say this, right? These are active thoughts that we have in our minds. We are on edge. We are hyper aware of our surroundings. And for me, I do clutch my purse tighter or turn my engagement ring to the other side of my palms and even cross the street sometimes if I see a man come my way on the same sidewalk. Um, And say what you will about projecting, but I do, we do live in that fear and, and that's been a constant as an Asian American woman and since I was a teenager and it's become so normal that sometimes I don't realize that this feeling is not okay. I dislike people gaslighting us, I dislike the contentment that corporations and society has about where women are in the workplace, that we have not yet achieved equal pay and equal treatment, and we are bound by the sticky floor and the bamboo ceilings, and and that's supposed to just be the norm, and that's not okay. I dislike people minimizing us to objects because Hollywood has over-sexualized us and has allowed men to holler at us on a street because of our gender and our ethnicity and kill us and say it is a sex thing instead of racism. Like these are real shitty things that we live in fear of as women and as Asian women. And I'm not saying I dislike being a woman. I love being a woman. I would so much prefer to be a woman, and I'm glad I'm a woman. But it's how society treats women and how society makes us feel and the things we in turn internalize that is toxic and not okay.
1: Mm. Mm. I definitely felt that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, i the fear you speak of is so true. Like... And I think it's something we as women just kind of learn to accept, unfortunately, which I hate saying that. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's normal for me to be afraid to walk out on the street. Like, to be honest, like, I think you guys know this. Like, I had to go home at a certain time because I'm afraid to be out. Like, my roommate Darlene and I, we park a little bit away from our house, but we have to know that, like, how far away are you from home? Can I call you on the way back? Like, just having that extra level of, like, security and fear. I'm like, why do I, have to, why do I even have to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's so sad. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of a moment of, like... This fear is real though, like not, I mean, I think the Atlanta shooting is like a clear example, but it reminds me of this time, I'm like, um, I remember I was actually back at home in the Bay Area and it was nighttime, I was like probably well, only 11 p.m., not super late, and I was driving back to my house and it was dark and I noticed that a car was like following me and I was like, no, no, there's no way, like what, what, why is he following me? He can't even see my, I wonder if he actually see me or whatever, uh, but he drove all the way and followed me to my house. And I had to call my brother. I was like, I I was like freaking out. I was like, "Get out of the house! Come out now! Turn on the lights! Come out of the house now!" Because I'm fucking afraid. The car literally parked across the street from my house Mm. and waited for me to get out, and then saw my brother come out and then drove away. I just only wondered like, what would have happened if like I didn't? What if I wasn't home? What if my 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 parents were sleeping and he Mm. was asleep? I wouldn't know what to do. Because what do you do in these situations? Like, these are things we have to think about as women driving back home, just to to the security of our homes. Mm. So there is actual fear. The other thing I really, I I do hate about being a woman is like being sexualized. Mm -hmm. The fact that we get catcalled, like it's a norm. i like, I hate that. Like there was one time where I was dropping off Darlene at the train station during like literally 11 a.m. in the morning. And this guy looked at me and like just started grabbing his nuts and made like sexual gesture towards me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. first I was like, dude, that's not going to work. Like, I don't understand in your right mind that that's what does that even mean? Like, you're not going to get a woman that way. You're not going to like, that doesn't, that doesn't work. But to have these gestures feel like they could like the audacity they have to think that they can actually just do that to you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, when we drive on the street, like, and I see guys checking me out, like that, I need to avert my gaze. Yeah. That is something that is a normal thing I need to do now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that fucking sucks. We already know that, you know, Asian women are also even like hypersexualized too. So I'm just like that. I hate that feeling. Yeah. I also think I don't know if I dislike this, but it's a concern I think about as, you know, in my 30s now, I'm about to, and I want to be a mother and want to be a career woman. It's like, how do I manage balancing everything at once and provide, be be able to provide for my child and be a caregiver, but also, you know, be a career woman? Because I see how my mom able to have food on the table every single night, but go to work. And I'm just like, aren't you tired? Mm-hmm. Aren't you exhausted? Like, how do you do everything? But that's something, you know, hopefully, you know, by that time I find a good partner. But these are worries I think about, you know, as a woman there's a lot of things that suck about being a woman, but those are mine. Um, Jane, I want to hear yours. Um, so I think to echo Helen, Helen's message about like, um, I don't,
2: I think we all love being women, Mm. but we dislike some of these aspects, right. That are, that comes with our experience in society because of our, of our gender. Um, it's interesting that you both mentioned fear. I had, instead of fear, I had kind of like a, I feel like what fear causes me to do is feel vulnerable. And that I don't like. I think there's a difference between me choosing to be vulnerable by, you know, opening up my feelings or or mm-hmm. like speaking about things that are gonna uh, make me feel open, like it's it's there's one thing where I initiate my own vulnerability, but to have someone else do something that that makes me feel vulnerable, I hate that. And mm-hmm. the, my specific example was being catcalled. I think being catcalled or or stared at like that, like that just ever since I was like young, that's just always been, you know, like something I just, I really, really dislike about, mm-hmm. about being a female. Um, and I think to what both of you ladies have also already spoken about, like there's some degree of this that we kind of just have to accept, right? Mm-hmm. And the recent um, event in Atlanta actually really, I had a little bit of a personal like, realization, um, not only on the level of my my gender, but also of my culture in, in terms of my personal identity, to realize that sometimes when it comes to some of these things about bad things happening to women, bad things happening to Asian people, um, I almost feel like, oh, yeah, like, that that is going to happen in our society. What did we think was going to happen? And the fact that I saw, not that I thought that that was okay, but that that was, like, not quite normal either, but that it could, that it's like common or, you know, in some ways like just it's happened and I don't feel totally like torn up about it immediately means that I have kind of unconsciously just always seen being a woman and being Asian as like lesser than the normal person. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that, if I'm articulating that in the right way, but I think in I just have realized that maybe in my upbringing because I've been around a lot of white people and if you are always the minority, I've just always grown up feeling like I am the minority in every sense of being mm-hmm. a woman and of being Asian. So I just accepted that as normal. And it wasn't until seeing other people react to this, to these crimes as like, that's not normal, that I'm like, oh shit, that's right, that's not normal. And then me mm-hmm. realizing, oh my God, me thinking that's normal means that I don't see myself as an equal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I I can think of like, from a very young age my mom's always had conversations with me about being a woman and about being Asian and how because of those two things I need to be extra careful and I always once again just assumed that is normal like that is I accept it that that's the way that society mm-hmm. works but now it's like I think it's you need to be smart about understanding the reality of things but now I have to ask myself the question like but is that right and if it's not right, like what? What do I want to do about it? And mm-hmm. what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to initiate my vulnerability, but I hate being made to feel vulnerable. Mm.
0: Snaps. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, y'all. We, I feel like we just let something out. <laughs> like took a big dump on uh, society. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs>
2: Over the last year, I got used to adapting workouts that I used to do in studios at home. With yoga, I've really enjoyed the at-home experience. But when it comes to cardio workouts, I miss the energy of classes. The instructors, the other students, the music, oh, the music. And if any of you have ever taken a SoulCycle class, you know that their classes are truly an experience with really good music. Well, they now offer the SoulCycle at-home bike, which comes with a touchscreen and sound system that's engineered specifically for their iconic playlists. It comes with a monthly membership with unlimited access to both live and on-demand SoulCycle classes. And you also get access to the Equinox Plus app, which has classes from brands like Equinox, Rumble, TB12, and Solid Core. The SoulCycle at-home bike also arrives in just one to three weeks, whereas competitors usually take two to three months. Get your SoulCycle at-home bike today by visiting mysoulcyclebike.com ABG and use promo code ABG to get a complimentary pair of at home select cycling shoes with your purchase. That's mysoulcyclebike.com slash abg, promo code abg to get a complimentary pair of cycling shoes with the purchase of your soul cycle at home bike. Mysoulcyclebike.com slash abg, promo code abg.
0: As much as I enjoyed the days of aimlessly roaming around a mall, you know what? I don't entirely miss it. Shopping for new clothes can be time consuming, tedious, and expensive too. Fortunately, Stitch Fix makes it easy to find the clothes you love. I've been trying out their service for a couple of months now and really enjoying the convenience of it. They offer clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. And the best part? You get to try on pieces at home before you buy. You keep what you love and return what you don't. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns, and exchanges, and they also include a prepaid return envelope for easy returns. They have styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids too. And they ship all over the U.S. and available in the U.K. as well. So if you want to refresh your wardrobe from the comforts of your own home, get started today at stitchfix.com A-B-G and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com A-B-G for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. stitchfix.com A-B-G
2: I want to give a shout out to one of our longtime partners, Issue, an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content like marketing materials, magazines, flipbooks, and brochures. If you're a small business owner or creative entrepreneur, you might want to check them out. Issue works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. You can make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting because your content will already be optimized for engagement and ready to share. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, and anyone who wants to make content that stands out. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. Get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code ABG. That's I-S-S-U-U.com slash podcast and use promo code ABG at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code A-B-G.
0: Oh, ladies, if you could go back in time and switch places with any woman in history, who
1: would it be and why? This is a tough question. Um, I will say, lately I've been reading a lot of historical books about yeah. Asian women, whether it's in you know during the war in Korea or being occupied in Taiwan. I've been really influenced and impacted by these novels I've been reading, like Pachinko, you know. Mm-hmm. And I actually would love to switch places with a woman in my family that I haven't met yet, whether it's maybe my great-great-grandma or I also even think about like, I wonder how it's like to live like my grandma when she's in her 20s and she was a teenager because that will set a lot of context and understanding as why my mom raised me the way I am and why my family functions the way it does. And so I want to see that connection and I want to really understand her pain or struggles. And it just makes me think a lot about the Joy Club and how they kind of flip between stories of the daughter and the mother. Mm. I want to have that understanding of my mom or my grandma's or my great grandma's story about that so I'd probably switch places with either my grandma or a great grandma
2: mm-hmm. Ooh, I really like that answer Mel I actually um my grandmother was also on my list of of someone that uh from the past that I would like to switch places with and mm-hmm. I think just a lot of because of what we've been doing recently with Asian Boss Girl and a lot of what's been happening in in the social and political climate I have been thinking a lot more about like my family and my culture and realizing there's a lot about her and her generation that I don't know Mm -hmm. and that understanding would help me in figuring out my own identity but uh so I'm gonna I mean I will also say my grandmother but I would say as a secondary person that I would love to switch places with um uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg Mm -hmm. (laughs) so she is someone that I find really admirable um and I think What was interesting is I think she's made such an impact, but um, she also comes off as just a a fairly mild-tempered and, like, fairly content and happy woman. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys get that vibe from her. Um, And it it wasn't just wanting to switch lives with her because of her career accomplishments. Really what I loved is, like, I've seen some of these, like... um, uh, inter- interviews or, like, pieces about her where they talk about her relationship with her husband. And she mm. often mentions and, you know, says, I wouldn't have been able to do half the stuff that I did if it were not for my partner. Because her mm-hmm. husband was also in law, so I think there was, like, career-wise, they had some sort of dynamic. But also as a family, that's her partner. She wouldn't have been able to do what she mm. did unless he was in agreement, unless he was supportive, mm-hmm. unless they were able to work together as a team. So I just think that is awesome, like, to be able to to have such a beautiful partnership like that um and then to also like oh casually you know change history so. <laughs> yeah what about you
0: helen um i love that RPG. yeah um i was thinking like yuri kochiyama mm. you always hear about her referenced in black and asian solidarity and she was a civil rights activist she was associated with malcolm x pretty often Um, And I think like RBG, her life was probably a hard life. Just imagining how little support she had from um, her community and the people that were around her and how much she probably had to go up against during that period of her life. But I think if I could live through her brain and understand how she processed Mm. and how she activated herself, I would love to understand that so that I could better activate myself um, and our community of women today also I, was, I mean I talked to you ladies like earlier about this how it's like this is all still very new to us mm-hmm. right this whole activism stuff um, because prior to last year we were still in our corporate jobs we were cogs and machines and this was this is this was something that we would have looked to someone else to guide us mm-hmm. towards. And I think now that we have this platform and this responsibility, it is on us to sort of like lead the charge a little bit at mm-hmm. least, right? So for me, I'm thinking about, you know, how do I do this better? How can I be a better community leader? Um, and yeah, people in history who have done it. Like, I want to read her her biography. I want to mm-hmm. understand her brain. I want to understand how she was able to activate herself. And um, if I could switch places with someone, it would probably be her right
1: now. Helen Yuri Kuchiyama is a really great um, person to switch with in history. Um so how about present day if you could switch with places with any woman right now who would it be and why
2: Ooh um I men- I mentioned Kristen Kish before I think that she's someone that i would choose uh right now i just think that she is kind of at the peak of her career and she's you know in a place where she's like grinding and grinding but like getting to work every day at the craft that she loves and she's her- immersing herself in it and i just see such a like she has so much more i think in her future of possibilities mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm curious about that <laughs> but i also have um, another fun one um i'd love to switch lives with shay mitchell Oh, I yeah. Wow. she is also I think in the prime of her career and you know she has like owns a business she um has a huge like uh social presence and 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 she's in acting she has a baby there's just something about I was like wow another woman who's like balancing all these mm-hmm. things in, in the prime and um she comes off as if she has like a fun life who knows what it really is like but uh beyond just like coming off as if she's having a good time she does have something about her I think that is seems like she has an innate positivity and energy Mm. where it does seem pretty genuine, but yeah, it'd be fun to be her. Maybe. (laughs) What about you, Helen?
0: Um, I would say Beyonce. Oh Oh, yeah. Gosh. When I think of a woman, I, I think about her, like she's the first person that kind of comes to mind. She is strong. She's fierce. Like when she walks into a room, you know, she's there and Mm. she doesn't need to even have the name Beyonce. It's just how she carries herself Mm. with a very self-assured confidence. Um, and I've always said, like, I wish I could sing. I wish I could, like, do all that so that I can perform on stage and touch an audience with my, my words, not physically, but like with my <laughs> words and my song. Um, and I think just separate from her natural born talents, I love what she represents mm-hmm. for the black community. She is a powerful black woman. She is proud of her culture and her heritage. And she makes it known on her albums, especially her visual album, Black is King, that she is unapologetically black. And of course, I'm no Beyonce but I do feel parallels a little bit you know in our mission to be proud of our cultures me of my Asian culture and wanting to create content that makes Asian women proud to be Asian like she does for the black community hmm. she just does it on a much grander scale right but she is someone that I would love to switch places with in another world maybe I will come back reincarnated as Beyonce number two
1: <laughs> <laughs> how about for you Mel? Dude, Beyoncé actually is a great person to switch lives so because I think the second point you said, I, that's something I love about Beyoncé. She's unapologetically, like, herself and represents so much of the black community. And, like, she does it with, like, not even being, like, super loud in your face about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's through song. It's through art. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, you know she's a presence. And, like, when I even see her, like, speech, I'm like, she always acknowledges her community. Yes. And yeah. I'm just like, shit. Like, Beyoncé is, like, probably someone I would... I just want to, like understand how she handles everything mm-hmm. how she's able to do things with grace um to be honest i couldn't think of one but then I, as we're talking i was like you know for similar reasons like Beyoncé, i would also want to switch places with michelle obama because mm. she's someone that also represents so gracefully for her community mm-hmm. and to have a power partner like like barack obama to like i feel like he also lifts her up too like they both are very strong individually they, they don't complete each other they're literally there for each other yeah and i hear how michelle talks like she has a podcast i've seen her video clips of her her becoming tour she's so graceful and just like fun on stage when she tells her story and i'm just mm-hmm. like i i don't know i just like really admire michelle and i feel like she's been through so so like someone like so much hardships in the presidency because you see all these articles written about her they're horrendous they're like she got threat like death threats and all these things but she's able to she's able to still rise up and be such a strong community leader for her people that i'm like I wish I could just get like a little bit of an ounce, like an ounce of that, you know, mm-hmm. but I want to understand her mind, how she is able to be so stable and withstand all these things. Mm-hmm. So Michelle Obama would be someone I would, would love to mm-hmm. you know, get in her mind. Yeah. Maybe in another world, you'll reincarnate
2: yes. as Michelle Obama, number two. <laughs> <laughs> So those are all amazing women that we would love to switch lives with, but we can't. So uh, let's think about our lives as women. Can you remember a time when you truly felt proud to be a woman?
0: Um, I mean, this is a really small and somewhat petty. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I'm on a plane, <laughs> you know the story already, and I am about to lift my luggage up to the bin, and someone, usually a man, grabs my bag and asks if I need help. I feel proud when I'm like, no thank you i got this i'm not weak i didn't ask for your help and i know i know this is like borderline can't men be chivalrous anymore without Mm. being labeled as suggesting anything other than kindness and yes that is absolutely okay but i think just for me personally i don't need you grabbing my bag before even asking me if it's okay to lift my bag like Mm. don't touch my things and also don't assume that i can't handle something on my own and i think as small as these incidences are I think sometimes when I stand up for myself or for my friends, I feel proud that I am a strong woman with a voice and a confidence and an independence to myself. Um, that's one i will share one other one quickly um i was very proud of getting promoted to a manager role at my job and my coworkers, you know never knew this because i never expressed it but mm-hmm. i was proud because i got there without the generational help like i didn't get mm. into the firm because my parents knew someone didn't get the promotion because you know of connections or whatever um and even throughout like middle school high school college my parents never helped me with my homework like i pretty much felt like I had to get there on my own mm-hmm. um and of course I'm, never, I'm not gonna announce that to my coworkers. like hey this is like a really big moment for me but internally I did feel very proud of myself mm. for getting there um and I think the fact that there were no other Asian female managers in my division in my office it was a a very proud uh quiet moment to myself that I had
2: Oh. Wow, I'm like going back to that moment now with you, the way you described it, yeah. and yeah. I feel very proud.
0: <laughs> thank you, <Aww>. baby Helen. <laughs> How about for you, Janet?
2: Okay, so this is multiple instances, but I think like every time someone close to me gives birth, mm-hmm. and that's been happening more and more in the last like five years of my life, right? I think the first person that I knew that had a baby that was close to me was my cousin Stacy. And um, she just gave birth again to twins and now has four kids.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. But so since
2: cute. her, I've had a lot of other close girlfriends, like maybe a handful of like five different women who have given birth in the last five years. And every single time I get that text message with the, the photo of them in the hospital with the baby, I get this incredible sense of like joy that comes over and also pride. Like, damn, like mm. you just made a person mm. and you you birthed a person. Mm. Um, and, and you're about to embark on this. This, like lifelong journey of being you now forever changed uh, to become a mother mm. and to know that the great responsibility and gift of bringing human life into this world is something about being a cis woman that i think i just feel incredibly proud to 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 have that opportunity or the potential of that opportunity how about you mel
1: i have a silly one at first too because when helen said the the bag thing i'm like don't touch my bag no <laughs> but i'm not gonna like, i just on the bag story like i feel i get i feel really relieved when i have you two on the airplane because i have I, I, my upper body strength is the strongest i have i have really <laughs> strong lower body strength but i'm always like i i do struggle with my luggage yeah so.
0: that's what that's why I said not all women will feel its way so all yeah. the all the um men with good intentions out there to help please continue to help women yeah. who might need or people in general who yeah. might need help with their bags I'm just saying don't touch my bag yeah.
1: but, but that's why I'm very like whenever we're on a flight I'm like I look at Helen and, and Janet you, you guys both look at me like yeah we know <laughs> <laughs> which I really appreciate Got you know? you. <laughs> yeah um Speaking of, like the bags, I don't know if this is uh, this kind of does play into stereotypes, but this is something I will admit. Like before moving to LA, I wasn't the best driver. Um, but moving to LA, I feel like I definitely got accustomed, and I'm I'm a better driver now. My mom says, and <laughs> <My> mom says, <laughs> like how you had to add that so in my there. Mom says, <laughs> my mom says I'm a good driver. Aww. She does. Uh, it makes me kind of happy whenever she says it too. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good. But you
0: just, <laughs> we just can't talk to Mel when she's driving.
1: Yes, that's, that's
0: the only, yes. Only when
1: we're merging. Yeah. I
0: will no, no,
2: I will also put myself on the line and say, it's hard for me to multitask. So having deep conversations while I drive, I oftentimes miss exits and yeah, i like that. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. But for me, when I literally parallel park into a tight spot without any help, I'm like, yeah, bitch, you got it. Oh yeah. I know, it's like, it's I a got proud it. Like first try moment, you yes. know? Because yeah. I feel like... I'm not glad When I hang out with my guy friends, like then they're they're like, ooh, can you can you do? It? I'm like, yeah, I can. Watch me. I got a well, I got a backhand, but still, it's my <laughs> So there's like a small moment. I'm like, ooh, yeah, I feel like really, I feel kind of proud. I guess the second thing is honestly doing the work we do as Asian boss girl, sharing stories from the Asian American or Asian women like community and also ABBs. I feel extremely proud of what we do. Not only because our messaging or our mission, but the fact that we're able to build a business as Three individual Asian American women is something I don't take lightly and I'm very proud of. And, you know, I think about how, like, Helen made up, you brought up a really touching point about, you know, it's not generational. Like, it wasn't generational, like, it was given to you. And I think about my mom said to me, and she was like, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that my kid is self made. Mm -hmm. That is such, like, I I thought about, like, I am self made and I'm an Asian American female doing this. I'm a female entrepreneur. And I think that's something I, i own up to and i really am proud of and i think doing abg like not only are we doing not only are we sharing stories but we're actually some of the stuff we talk about is like kind of hard and like it, it requires a lot of internal processing we do publicly mm-hmm. you know and it's it's a lot of this stuff that we do there's a lot of like private conversations of us like you guys you both reassuring me and like encourage me to do the work and i feel like doing the work with the podcast is Help me even grow, grow to be even a more stronger woman than I feel like. I don't think I would have transformed quickly unless it was for ABG and mm-hmm. the topics we talk about, like even talking about the hate crimes, like BLM and being political. These are things, honestly, I'll, like I'll be completely transparent. These are things I I typically would have been like a wallflower, mm-hmm. and I think ABG encourages me to take to like embody this female strength and really tackle these things head on. And I'm I'm so proud of. Where I am now because of ABG and what it represents. And yeah, I will say I feel truly proud to be a woman doing the work we do. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I think it's important too, Mel, that, you know,
0: for us, we've always talked about the process. Like ever since we started this company, we've talked about, like, how do we get here? What are we dealing with? You know? And so, like, even you talking, sharing that and sharing how it is difficult and this would not have come easy for you and you would have been more of a consumer of Mm -hmm. content from celebrities instead of being a voice out on these platforms. Like, that's huge. And I think a lot of people who are listening in right now will also feel the same way. You know, it's like they feel passionate about what's going on, but don't know how to act. Mm -hmm. And it's scary. It's really scary. It actually takes a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability to put yourself out there and make a stance and be like, I am against, you know, these hate crimes. I'm against whatever, even though they feel in their hearts. So taking that step and putting yourself out there is really hard. And hopefully the three of us are showing you all out there just, how to do it Mm -hmm. and i think you're doing an amazing job mel of finding your voice
1: and and showing people how to do it no thank you i i I also acknowledge like this is it's like you said it's a process like it, you don't get here overnight i'm still quote-unquote getting there it's Mm -hmm. we're still learning but i think understand like to do the work you really have to it's going to take work and action so i think you know as helen like mentioned like we're doing the work now we're still in the process of learning and we're going to share everything as we, as we continue. Um, just proud to be an ABG. Woo.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We hope you take some time to think about the women who inspire you. And if you identify as a woman, we hope you take the time to think about what your womanhood means to you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a female emoji, whatever that might be to you, in the comments. If you don't already, please follow us on
2: Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at Anchor.fm/AsianBossGirl/support, or get some merch at
1: AsianBossGirl.myshopify.com. If you like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q and A segment called GRBG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is Asian Boss Girl.
2: And we have a couple of shoutouts today. Raheel in New Jersey wants to wish spring a happy birthday and congratulations on your new role as a director. Remember that when times are tough, after difficulty comes ease. Ooh, Wise words. He looks up to you so much. And Jonathan in Oxnard is wishing a happy one-year anniversary to his Asian boss girl, Erica, who continues to inspire him with her perseverance, excellence, and effortless beauty. Glub, glub, glub. I'm not sure what that means, but it's cute. Paul from San Leandro wishes a happy 25th birthday to the love of his life, Noel. You strike the perfect balance of I am enough while also inspiring me to be better every day. You're a quarter now, but you'll always mean so much more to me. I love you. To Ada, Stacy, and Tracy from Harrison in San Gabriel, California, you are his personal group of ABGs. You three are truly bosses in all aspects of your life, and he wants to thank you for being in his life. Catherine in Australia wants to wish Edwin a happy birthday and thanks for being the best hubby ever. Another one from New Jersey, this time from Ethan to Isabel, his future wife at the end of April. She's the most kind, loving, and ambitious woman I have ever met, and I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. And last but not least, E from Seattle wants Jenny to know that they finally caught up on ABG and thanks for recommending the podcast. Yes, thank you,
0: Jenny. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our Lincoln bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one.
2: And again, in reference to all the recent Asian hate crimes, especially the attacks on the Asian women in Atlanta, we want to say to our ABG and ABB community, we're here with you, we see you, and we love you all. Catch you on the next episode.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of ABG. Before you go, we want to remind you about our live podcast show that will be happening every week on the Stereo app. This week, Helen and Janet will be discussing first impressions. Let's be real. When it comes to landing a job, our first impression is crucial. They will both be sharing how they set the right first impression to land that dream job. Stereo is the app for live social conversations. We want to talk directly with you, our listeners. For a link to the show, check out our Instagram at Asian Boss Girls, link in bio, and click the link that says weekly live show on stereo. Again, that's Instagram.com slash Asian and click on our link tree to grab the link right after this episode. See y'all there.